0: And dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Now for our story. The breakfast room in David Bowman's comfortable white house looked out onto the garden which sloped down to the river. It was a pleasant, cheerful room, and yet David had always found it rather lonely sitting at the table by the window for his solitary meal. Lately, however, the atmosphere had changed since Bill Meade had moved in to share the banker's home with him. The two men had fallen into the habit of lingering over their second cup of coffee, exchanging reminiscences, discussing their personal philosophies, which despite the difference in their ages, were surprisingly compatible. It was a mutually stimulating companionship, one which had grown closer as the weeks went by. This morning, David, who was sensitive to the younger man's moods, noticed an air of uneasiness of strain in his companion. He realized that Bill was doing his best to carry on the light conversation, and wisely pretended not to notice that anything was in the
1: air. Uh, it looks as if it's going to be a fine day, Bill. No, oh, my, I wish I could spend some time working around the garden.
2: Well, the well, next time you do, maybe I could help you. If... If what, Bill? Uh, I was just going to say, do uh, you think I'd be any help? <laughs> I
1: might take you up on that, Bill.
2: Huh. Dealing with nature... With growing things can be a whole lot more satisfactory than dealing with human beings. That's one reason I took up agriculture at college, although I didn't realize it at the time.
1: Mm, At least, Bill, it's probably safe to say the vegetable kingdom is usually less disappointing than the world of human beings. Disappointing. Mr.
2: Bowman, I... uh, There's something I want to talk over with you. I thought maybe there was, Bill. What's on your mind? Well... Speaking of disappointments, you've been swell
1: to me, giving me this job at the bank and everything. I sure do appreciate it. You've no need to tell me that, my boy. I know you do. But what's that to do with disappointments? You've been anything but a disappointment to me at the bank. Oh, it's swell of you to stick by me, but... Well, I don't want to give you a black
2: eye in this town. But who said you were? Oh, you've heard him talking, Mr. Bowman. You know all this stuff they're saying about me and Carla scary.
1: Everybody thinks that what happened out
2: there is my fault.
1: Well, Bill, there may be some people in Wakefield who think that way. People who don't use their heads. But they don't worry me, and they shouldn't worry you. Look here, my boy. I flatter myself that I know something about people. About you. Well, I realize
2: that you don't believe I do a thing like that, Mr. Bowman. But just the same, I'm working for you, and I'm working in your bank. You have the reputation of the bank, and your own, too, to think of. Your board of directors, your depositors. You have to protect their interests. Certainly I protect their interests. But I hope you're not thinking of yourself as a threat to them. I'm afraid they think I am. And that's just as bad as if I really were, don't you see? That's why I made up my mind to clear out. I don't want to leave you shorthanded, but just the same, now, I wait think a minute, that I'm...
1: Bill. Is this supposed to be a resignation you're giving me? Yes, sir. Nonsense. No, really... I don't
2: want you to take the rap because of public opinion.
1: Don't you worry about me, Bill. Or the bank, either. Not from that standpoint, at any rate. Besides, there's Peggy and your marriage. All these plans you two had for building a home. If you toss over your job, what happens with you and Peggy?
2: Well, I'm afraid our marriage wouldn't have much of a chance if we tried to get started with this discary thing hanging over us.
1: But what have you in mind, Bill? Surely you're not planning to leave Wakefield.
2: No. Or at least not at present. As a matter of fact, I doubt if Sheriff Goodwin would let me, even if I wanted to. And besides, that would amount to a confession of guilt. No, I'll stick around until this whole thing is out in the open and my name is cleared. Now, now, that sounds more like it. But just the same, I don't want the bank and you, your reputation, to suffer because of the suspicion people have about me. Now, now look here, Bill.
1: Speaking of my reputation, come to think of it, you're right. It is involved. Only not in the way you believe. Do you think for one minute people would believe you resigned? No. They'd say I fired you. Well, I... I don't care what they think. But I do, Bill. I don't want people to think I'm so incapable of judging a person that I'd fire you for something you had no part in. (laughs) Do you see what a spot you put me in? I don't want people thinking that I'm one of those who believe this nasty rumor. I happen to know you're absolutely innocent. And that's all I need to know. But, Mr. Bowman, I... get it, Bill. Now, come on, my boy. We'd better get started for the bank. Hmm?
0: Bill Meade, suspected of committing a crime of which he is innocent, trying to shield his friend from the disapproval of the townspeople, who believe it was he who harmed Carla Discari. And far away in the steel town of Gary, Indiana, Carla's husband is filled with guilt, believing he murdered his wife. Passing a shabby boarding house, he notices a piece of cardboard on which the words "Janitor Wanted" had been scrawled. After a moment's hesitation, Mario climbs the worn stairs. A pretty, dark-haired young woman answers his ring. She has a thin face, which makes her brown eyes seem all the larger. Her expression is wary. She looks like a girl who has had a hard time and has lost most of her illusions. She sizes Mario up with an experienced eye. What do you want? I. Came about the job.
3: The job as janitor?
4: Sure. Is there any other job around here?
3: No, not here, but I'm kind of surprised. Why? You don't look like a guy who would want to do janitoring.
4: Let me worry about that.
3: Ever done this type of work before?
4: No. What difference does it make?
3: Oh, I guess you could get along all right. You look strong.
4: I am. Plenty strong.
3: And how come you don't work in the mills, this? Jobs to be had there.
4: Listen, if you don't want to give me the job, okay, I won't argue with you.
3: Come in. You might not like it. It's dirty work, keeping the halls clean, burning the trash, looking after the furnace. It's not fun.
4: It's my funeral, isn't it? Just tell me, if I get the job or not? That's all I want to know.
3: Maybe i better show you where you'd sleep first.
4: It doesn't matter. Just give me a place to lie down.
3: That's about all this is. Come on, it's in the basement. See what I mean? Not exactly a palace.
4: I don't care. I've
3: been meaning to put in a better bed. This one has lunch. If you stay a while, maybe I'll get around to him.
4: Then you decided to give me the job?
3: I guess so, if you're sure you want it. I told you, didn't I? There's something funny about this. You haven't even asked me what the salary is.
4: Okay. What is it?
3: It's 15 a week. Not much, but it's all I can afford. My old man got killed in the mills a year ago. Mama passed away a couple of months later. Broken down place was all they had. That's all I got. good enough for me. You're a screwy guy. I don't get you.
4: Maybe you shouldn't try.
3: Yeah, maybe. If it's the same, I'm curious. Always am. Even when it isn't healthy. Come to think of it, you haven't even told me your name. My name.
4: What's the difference? But you can call me Tony. Tony Gallardi.
3: Tony? You're Italian.
4: Anything wrong with it?
3: Why should there be? Me? I'm part Hungarian on my father's side. Last name's Bartok. Tony Galardi, meet Anna Bartok. My mother was a Pole. All right, so you're not interested. I'm tired. Anyway, you won't have much trouble getting settled. You haven't got anything to put away. No baggage?
4: That's my business, isn't it?
3: Travel pretty light, don't you?
4: And you ask too many questions.
3: Okay, Tony the Clam. I got things to do. My room's at the right of the entrance upstairs. Come up in an hour. I'll be there. You know, you've been staring at me ever since you got here. What's the matter? My face dirty?
4: You... Remind me of someone...
3: I get it. Well, everybody's got a pass, I guess. I got people I'd like to forget, too.
0: The girl Anna gave Mario a long, speculative look before she went out. Mario walked around the narrow, dreary room. Pipes went across under the ceiling, and the only window was dirty and covered with cobwebs. It was so high that only a faint light came through. He couldn't even see the sky. Mario sat down on the bed. He was thinking of the south field at the farm, the way it sloped down to the river, the look of the sky at sunset. It was sunset time now, but all he saw were the gray walls around him, like prison walls. Mario lay face down on the bed, closed his eyes, but even with his eyes closed, he saw Carla's white face, where she had fallen when he threw her.